This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer. Well, the Vancouver real estate market continues its tear, actually right across the province. And in a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com, to talk real estate and how to navigate this unique market. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines. Speaking of real estate, the records keep coming. This past February, BC home sales were 89% higher than the same time a year ago. Not only that, but this past February, February has broken the sales record for any February that was set back in 2016. Uh, They beat that by more than a thousand homes, according to the BC Real Estate Association. The average residential price was also up more than 17% between February 2020 and February 21. Inventory, still a problem, meaning there's not enough homes to buy. There's uh, a lot of people who want to buy but uh, not enough product to buy. The association says new listings were up, though, but they're still at the lowest level on record since the year 2000. It was a bad start to the week for TELUS, or should I say a bad start for a lot of seniors and children of seniors trying to phone in and schedule a COVID vaccination, especially for those in the Vancouver Coastal Health region. Many spent hours and hours on the phone trying to get through, and BC Health Minister Adrian Dix laid most of the blame on TELUS. Uh, It was especially bad in Vancouver. In fact, of all the vaccinations that were booked in BC on Monday, only 2.5% were with Vancouver Coastal Health. Stories included people having to hit redial for like five hours in a row. Some say they got through and then they sat on hold for more than an hour only to suddenly be cut off. TELUS later issued a statement saying it was terribly sorry. And one of the problems was also people phoning who weren't eligible for this early round of vaccination. For the most part, scheduling this past Monday was for people 90 and over. Only about 80,000 people qualified for that, yet they got about 1.7 million phone calls. And deciding to retire some of Dr. Seuss's more racially insensitive books has turned out to be a good profit move for the estate of the late children's book author. More than 1.2 million copies of Dr. Seuss books sold in the first week of March. That's more than quadruple the week before. This is uh, all after his estate announced that they would stop publishing a few of his many titles uh, because uh, some of them contained racial and ethnic stereotyping. And the top sellers this past week weren't even the books being withdrawn. Old favorites like The Cat in the Hat, Green Eggs and Ham made, made up the top two. And, uh, and let's be honest, do you even know the names of the ones they're getting rid of? Because they're not the ones that are popular. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Coming up, we're going to talk real estate. The numbers are still good, record-setting, in fact, and guiding us through the opportunities out there in the world of real estate in this very interesting market is John Carlson of 2% Realty, johnnysmartpoint.com. And that's coming up when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. 
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and it's time to talk real estate with our old friend John Carlson of 2% Realty, a.k.a. Johnny Smartpoint. And you can find him at johnnysmartpoint.com. Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm back in one of my favorite spots talking to you. So thanks so much. Oh, good. Well, uh, I I come armed with some new statistics. You've probably read about these. The BC Real Estate Association has released some numbers. And, uh, you know, it's almost getting predictable, but uh, some big records in February. Uh, Check this out. BC home sales were 89% higher than the same time a year ago, February to February. And it also broke the sales record for a February, any February. Uh, The old record was back in 2016. And this past February, 2021, uh, beat it by more than 1,000 homes. So uh, what do you think of that? What What do you make of those kind of numbers? Well, the numbers, when you look at them that way, they, they are uh, stunning. Uh, you know, really high sales numbers uh, that sometimes are, can be hard to wrap your head around. And I, I know just from talking to people who don't do real estate professionally, who are thinking of buying and selling, sometimes con- the numbers can be confusing because there's national statistics and then there's Vancouver or British Columbia statistics. And then you can compare today's numbers to last year's number at the same time where you can compare it to historic highs or lows and all that stuff so there's a lot of ways of looking at and interpreting numbers but when you look at these numbers it doesn't leave any doubt that the real estate market is hot and the last time we saw anything like this was really the 2016 market as as you referenced and and that was a, a party if you will that that went on uh you know for quite a while and and softened a little bit but you know now we're back to these numbers where for a number of reasons that we can talk about, uh, real estate is in high demand. Supply is uh, somewhat limited, and uh, sellers are having a, a good time, and buyers are finding it a little bit harder to negotiate through the market. But uh, yeah, the numbers are, are very, very strong. Yeah. So the, I mean, the bottom line: it's a seller's market, uh, and if you're thinking of selling a home, um, you know the timing might be pretty much perfect for you, and that's why. Uh, you know, get a hold of John Carlson. Might be able to help you. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website to go to. Uh, the phone number is 604-612-0080. And uh, you were just talking about about how you interpret all these numbers. And uh, it's worth noting, this is for all of B.C., and uh, the uh, markets are, uh, I mean, generally, like I say, it's a seller's market. It's hot. But uh, some of the hot spots are not where you'd expect. They're, they're outside of the city. And, and it's, it sort of feels like there's, there's definitely a push away from the downtown core. Would you say that's true? Well, in some respects, it can be. Uh, I try to be careful about making, you know, blanket statements because there's a lot of different sort of ways of looking at the truth in the market. Um, but uh, maybe, maybe away from the city to some people with COVID. And again, we've talked about the fact that people are working from home a little bit more, and a lot of the amenities that the city offers might be somewhat restricted or shut down. And you know, a lot of people are rethinking how they're going to spend the next five or ten years and what kind of home they're going to be in. So, so there's that. But I think that. You know, Vancouver's still red hot. Um, uh, some of these other communities you mentioned, you know, I see it like a spillover effect. When, you know, when, when certain neighborhoods get to the price point, say, let's talk about detached housing. 
uh, a house in Vancouver, everybody knows, you know, I think the median price for just any house whatsoever is, is now over one and a half million dollars. It doesn't take much to get to two million dollars. Um, and then you look at Burnaby and New Westminster and some of these areas. When the pricing gets that high, a lot of people lose the ability to qualify to, to buy in neighborhoods that they might have grown up in or that they would otherwise be looking in. And since, you know, a lot of these young families still want a house with a, with a yard, uh, they start to look at other areas where they can afford, you know, to buy. And, and so you look at, say, Maple Ridge, for instance. Um, a lot of people that I've talked to in the last year or so have maybe started out looking in Coquitlam because that's where they're used to living and they're familiar with. But pricing makes them suddenly consider areas further east. And, and just to use Maple Ridge as an example, you know, I liken it to a, this spillover effect to like a funnel. People who have a certain um, uh, financial qualify, qualifying position, a certain amount of money that they can spend on a house, they're coming from all these areas where they're really not finding what they want. And, and you know, this this funnel, this slide kind of points one way and it's it's east. And so as a result, Maple Ridge homes in the last few months have have, you know, gone up in price and a lot of multiple offer situations and sales, you know, significantly over list price because in part. People who have different expectations of pricing, maybe from higher price markets, uh, are now flooding this market and the inventory can't really keep up. So just one example, Mission might be the same or, you know, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam could be a destination for people who originally wanted to buy in Burnaby, for instance. And so we see there's a bit of a lag. One area heats up a bit and it starts to get a little bit too hot or too pricey and then the spillover effect hits you know, the markets that are a little bit further east or a little bit further affordable, and then those prices get drawn up, uh, you know, by competition. And then people move a little bit east or they look at townhomes. And then so as a delayed result, then the townhome market, right after the detached housing market kind of took off, well, the next step was the, the, the row home or townhouse market, maybe the next best thing or the next closest thing to a detached house. And, you know, this spillover effect is pushed right through to the Okanagan and uh, Vancouver Island, and I don't, I don't work directly in those markets. I can help people, you know, be put in touch with good agents in those markets because I do know a lot of agents in those areas. But, you know, those things have, have happened as well. And then, you know, you look at commercial real estate and other, you know, type investments. There's a spillover effect. And a lot of it has to do uh, with pricing as much as anything and people qualifying for the type of home that they want. And it's why you need uh, someone who kind of understands the markets. Uh, and that's John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. I'm always pushing the website, johnnysmartpoint.com. But if you are even considering uh, selling a home or buying a home, especially buying a home, um, you should go to his website, um, johnnysmartpoint.com. And John, um, I'm looking at it now. Uh how has COVID changed things? Because you have a lot of 3D tours on your website. And uh, they're pretty uh, pretty impressive because you really get a sense of what the home looks like. Yeah, they're, they're a nice tool. And uh, I was doing all of that and a lot of other agents were as well before, you know, before COVID came along. Because, you know, this is, let's face it, we're in a digital age and, uh, you know, visuals are important. And access to information, you know, people want it. So MLS is there. People can go there for information and look at listings. And it's the, the best place, these consumer arms of the MLS system. Uh, and it's a good idea for any agent to have uh, good pictures and, and 3D tours. But especially, you know, with the COVID situation, um, I will often, when people call me about one of my listings and, hey, I want to take a look at this listing. And, 
I don't know these people if they've traveled, if they've not, or if they've been in contact with anyone who's been sick. And and I have a duty, of course, to, to you know, to keep my clients safe. And and you know, so one of the things I do first is say, hey, have you taken a look at the tour? Why don't you do a virtual walkthrough first? And uh, if you're still interested, I I try to have them bring their own agent to viewings and that sort of thing. But having floor plans so that people can potentially rule in or rule out a listing before they physically go on site is is one thing that that, that can help a seller uh, eliminate unnecessary traffic in their home and uh, or on the other hand uh, get a buyer even more excited about a property when they do a virtual walkthrough and realize that hey this really is uh, you know good for me so it's just one of those tools um, that agents use and and a number of years ago i you know i do i have my own team in-house that does all of our our photos and our 3d tours and our marketing stuff and i bought all the equipment years ago and so we're, we're able to you know when i list a house i mean the very next day as soon as people are ready i'm i'm there to have my team do the photos and scan the house for the 3d walkthrough tours and do all the floor plans and i don't have to call somebody you know outside my team and and make an appointment and wait potentially days to get this stuff done we can do it very quickly we can do it very efficiently and you know it is uh, a valuable tool to demonstrate the features that a home has and also route through potential lookers to make sure that they're actually uh you know looking at the right property that might suit them before coming in Right. And what's the first thing you tell people to do before you, you start filming and, and videotaping a home? Is it is it generally uh, a question of sort of simplifying the house, getting rid of clutter? That's a big one. Um, you know, people ask me at, at, at the time close to listing, you know, how should we go about showing our home? And uh, I mean, showing it in the best light. And, uh, you know, I do tell people, hey, when we bring these cameras in, First of all, make sure if there are things that are valuable or private that they're not showing because, you know, people can literally walk through and read the postcard that's on your fridge um, in, in these tours. And we want to make sure that people are comfortable with what is being put out there into the public domain. Um, but it, it, you know, it depends a lot on the house. I like to say, you know, I remember a, a, a fellow that taught me real estate 25 years ago and he said to me, Johnny, that's why they shine the apples at Safeway. And I thought, you know, even at that time, I thought, yeah, you know, when I'm when I'm picking out the produce in the produce section, you know, I'm avoiding things that have, uh, you know, maybe bruises and puncture marks and that sort of stuff on them. And it's it's not really much different when you're looking at a house. So getting the house ready and removing obstacles, some of those obstacles might be stains or leaks or mold or clutter, uh, unnecessary blockages in the, in the, you know, in the walking space and that sort of stuff. You, you want to put your best foot forward. And uh, so before we do all the photos, we do advise, you know, sometimes it's as simple as, hey, you know, put the toothpaste back in the drawer in the bathroom and put your bath towels, hang them up and, and that sort of stuff. Other times it's a lot more involved, but um, you definitely, obviously you want to show your home in its best light regardless of how good the market is because buyers are always making value judgments um and you know i think that to show off obviously to your best advantage is is going to be helpful we're talking to john carlson uh from johnnysmartpoint.com that's his website he's with two percent realty but we're talking about the website johnnysmartpoint.com and uh it, it's really interesting all the things that are there um, and uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the properties that are for sale that you have on your website. And and you told me one thing that was really interesting uh, about about storytelling. When you when you have a home that you're selling, like 
what's the story of the home? Uh, is, is, it, it's a, is, it, is it a great home because it's close to schools or it's a great home for people who love to hike because there's a hiking trail? And you kind of, that's the first thing you look at is the story of that home that you're selling. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of real estate 101. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's important to, to kind of, I, I kind of liken it to framing the discussion uh, prior to entering into discussion. There's that old saying that a lawyer shouldn't ask a question that he or she doesn't already know the answer to. And it's similar to that, I think that when you put a property out there, you want to know all the details that may uh, attract the right kind of buyers and may demonstrate value to these buyers. So yeah, coming up with a, with a good story and understanding uh, what you offer that might differentiate you from your competition and might build value in the minds of, of buyers. And, and even stuff that is somewhat obvious, you got to remember that people looking at homes, they're not just looking at your home, they might look at five or 10 other properties. And so it doesn't hurt. In fact, it's, it's, it's important to, to point out things, even if they're semi-obvious, um, and make a, a good list of, of all the features that, that the home offers. Because again, you're building value and you're trying to demonstrate value. You'll never convince someone to pay more for a property than they think it's worth, but you can show them potentially why the property is worth what you're asking. So again, real estate 101, show off to the best advantage, understand your product and understand how you can differentiate your property from others and show value uh, through uh, giving certain information before people even see the house. Mm-hmm. And I guess these days in this kind of market, the the best aspect of a, a property is that it's for sale because uh, they need to have these properties. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with John Carlson. Uh, JohnnySmartPoint.com. It's, it's a crazy market out there, and uh, you need an expert to help you navigate through it. And you can give John a call at 604-612-0080, or like I say, JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. It gives you everything John Carlson all you need. And that's when we come back, we're going to talk more about this crazy market, what's going on uh, when Vancouver Consumer continues on CKNW. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and with me now is John Carlson. He's from 2% Realty, and you can get in contact with John. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. JohnnySmartPoint.com. His phone number is 604-612-0080. And uh, we were talking about the numbers off the top. Uh, The BC Real Estate Association announcing uh, this past week that February of 2021 was a record-setting month. Uh, Home sales were 89% higher than the same time last February 2020. And that was before covid Uh, It also broke the sales record for any February. The old record was 2016, but the new record is 2021 in February. The average residential price was also up 17%. This is right across the board. Um, And people love to talk about, uh, John, uh, real estate when it's doing well. Oh, it's a bubble. It's going to burst. And it's it's a really hard, it's almost a fool's game to try to predict where this market is going, isn't it? It is in the long term. I think uh, there are so many factors that can be beyond, you know, our control or even our understanding, uh, you know, uh, economic factors and, you know, immigration, interest rates, uh, you know, you can get right down to say world global, uh, you know, situations can affect things. So you have to be careful. I, I think back to, 
back in February of last year, I think it was, uh, I was on this program and we were talking about the CMHC, the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation. They underwrite uh, uh, mortgages. So if you've got less than 20% down, they'll give you mortgage insurance, basically. And they're a, they're a very um, well-known and, and trusted organization. And But nobody's perfect. Back in February, they were talking about uh, within the next 12 months that the market might drop 15% overall in Greater Vancouver. And, wow. and here we are looking at numbers that I think they're, you said they're up 17% uh, since since the last year or so or even even in a shorter period of time so we got to, we have to be careful um, looking at prognosis and is that the right word and uh, and speculation uh, but all indications right now are that the market's going to continue being very busy one encouraging sign that I'm seeing now and you know talking with other agents in the industry seems to be um, a trend that's happening is that we're finally starting to see, the supply side of the equation strengthen a little bit. Um, and by that, I mean, in January and February, we were in a, you know, supply versus demand. And I've said it before, it's a supply and demand industry. The supply was quite weak with COVID and, and maybe the early part of the year where people might not have been ready or comfortable putting a house on the market. But the demand, boy, it was strong. I mean, it got held back until, you know, halfway through the year and then it just got let go and it just started ripping and it never stopped. So, um, you know, we saw out of whack situations where sellers had all the leverage and, and they, st they still do. Uh, I'm not saying the market is changing that much. But what I am seeing is the new listings are starting to hit. Spring is springing. And I'm finding just anecdotally that some buyers where maybe there was a trend in February uh, to just have to snap up whatever was there because they were afraid prices were going up and they might miss out or they had already sold and they have to buy. Well, now I think that, you know, buyers have a little bit more choice and they're actually looking ahead thinking, hey, it's March. I'll bet you there's going to be more new listings hitting. Maybe I don't have to be as desperate. Maybe I can take my time a little bit longer. And uh, and so I think that that will help the market overall. Uh, I'm not seeing prices go down. In fact, they still seem to be pointing upward. But maybe um, maybe things will balance out just a little bit as the inventory starts to get more uh, more pronounced and and more steady for the new listings coming out and and i think that would be a good trend because there's a bit of a backlog in the market now with people who would like to list their homes for sale but they're scared to because they don't know where they're going to go and they don't want to get stuck in a in a situation where they've sold and they they can't buy so a little bit more uh, relaxing of the market through a more inventory it seems to be on the horizon um, but having said that, uh, sellers are still in the driver's seat for the foreseeable future, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So a little more supply. Uh, and I guess demand is always going to be there. Uh, John Carlson is our guest. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. John, uh, you can reach John at johnnysmartpoint.com. You can give him a call, 604-612-0080. And if you have some questions about maybe getting into this uh, clearly a seller's market. You can always, uh, if you go to the website, johnnysmartpoint.com, you can contact him through email there, or you can email him directly at john at johnnysmartpoint.com. So uh, we've talked a little bit, and maybe we can talk a little bit more later about, uh, about how to navigate uh, this kind of market as a buyer. There are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, you know, pitfalls when you're buying, but selling as a, as a, a selling agent, when things are going like this, um, what kind of strategies do you need and, and, and uh, what kind of pitfalls are out there for selling? That's a good question. And, you know, 
earlier we were talking about how to get your house ready and some of these more basic type things. And these are all very important. But I think that right now, your strategy on the market as a seller is probably the number one most important thing you can consider. And, you know, I do think of a, of a fairly recent example where um, I got a call from a family. Um, I'll, I'll try to be quick about this, but a detached house in, a, in, a, in an area that's in high demand. And uh, the seller was, uh, is, was an elderly lady who was on her own and had been in the house many, many years. And I met with the family and her and the decision was made, you know, we don't know if we want to have 200 showings coming through Nan's house. And so the, you know, the, the decision was, was made to not really underlist the house and to shoot for multiple offers and push it up, but rather to maybe price it where we figured the market was at and you know only have people qualified to spend that price come through the house and uh, you know and that was a so we, you know we listed it and we set a date for for offers and when the offers came they were not spectacular they were not really what we were expecting so again we had a little bit of a of a meeting and we talked about uh, these offers and you know the seller was considering hey should i maybe consider accepting one of these offers but didn't seem like we had enough pressure to really push them up to where, you know, I thought they belonged. So the decision was made, and here's the point, the decision was made that we would immediately cancel the listing, relist it the very next day, set offers uh, for a week again into the future. But this time we priced it $100,000 or so under where we, uh, where we had been previously. And this time it was a different situation. We got many more offers and, um, you know, the, the property sold right back up where we were originally uh, at about $150,000 over the list price. So just kind of an example, results may vary, but you know, a lot of buyers and a lot of people really get frustrated at this strategy where someone lists their house a little bit low, but then they find out it's sold significantly over. And they, I think some buyers feel uh, maybe a little bit cheated or a little bit deceived, but I think that everybody out there has to understand that when there is a, an excitement uh, in the market like there is, you really want to be careful about your strategy because if you think of it this way, there's not that many listings out there, but there still is some competition in virtually all price ranges of all homes. And if you see one house that seems to be by far the best value proposition, you look at the house, you look at the location, the condition, you look at the price and you go, wow, this, this one really stands out. Well, in that kind of situation where all say five houses in the segment are looking at offers on Monday or Tuesday night. Well, that one that's got the best value proposition is probably getting all the offers and the other ones are maybe not getting as, as much. So it, it again depends on what your competition's doing and, and what your segment is looking like. But uh, you know, you want to come up with the best strategy and oftentimes that is to price reasonably and let the market push things up to a point where had you put that eventual sale price as your list price, you might not have got it because you wouldn't have generated the same amount of interest. So these are all things to consider. I'm not telling anybody listening a specific strategy for their home because it, it can vary. But just know that um, your strategy and how you go about uh, generating offers and then how you deal with those offers can make a big, big difference. And, and an experienced agent can, uh, you know, you can make an extra $100,000 potentially on one strategy versus another strategy. And so these are big things to think about. And I, I think what you've just described there is why people need a qualified and experienced real estate professional on their side, uh, someone who has sold 
uh, more than a thousand listings. Um, and that's uh, John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. JohnnySmartPoint.com, 604-612-0080. John at JohnnySmartPoint.com is the, is the email address. Just remember, John, Johnny Smart Pants. That's uh, what your, <laughs> your friend had mentioned. Well. <laughs> and let's talk really quickly about uh, the whole idea of why you call it SmartPoint the smart point between the kind of service you can provide uh, both a buyer and a seller and the, the savings in um, commission uh, because sure. you are a 2% realtor and that can mean a lot of money uh, in savings, in commission. Sure. Like, for instance, the example I just gave, um, you know, a 2% commission saved my client about ten or $12,000, something like that. And, you know, that's a good thing. But... Uh, the smart point idea comes down to there's a lot of different options you can choose when you're selling your home. I guess you can put your own sign and sell it yourself. Uh, there's thousands of different agents, real estate agents that you can consider. And, and some of those agents have different business models. The most common is a, is a commission of 7% of the first $100,000 sale price and 2.5% of the balance. And there's nothing wrong with that business model. It's very widely used. Uh, and there are other business models and there's no set commission rates. But I think, you know, a lot of times on the one end of the spectrum, people say to me, John, you know, my neighbor sold seven days later, sold sign was on the yard. The commission was X amount of dollars. And man, I just don't get how, you know, where's the value in that? And maybe they don't understand the full process and, and that's okay, but they do make a good point. Uh, there are other companies that will basically sell you a sign and put you on MLS and say, hey, you're on your own. You offer your own commission. We're not negotiating for you, but we're giving you a really good cheap access to MLS. And, and that might be good for some people as well. So there's all kinds of different options. But to me, I thought, you know, if I'm selling a house, what's the smart thing to do? Well, first and foremost, uh, good uh, representation is your, your best friend. If you're looking to sell and have it go smoothly and get the most money you can, because an agent who is experienced and knowledgeable and has a lot of tools in his or her toolbox to, to help you is probably going to generate a better result and sometimes a significantly better result than you might get on your own or with an agent who doesn't maybe have that level of expertise. So that's first and foremost. But on the other side, uh, without cutting any corners, of course, and having full representation and marketing and MLS and all that sort of stuff, maybe you can get a pretty good deal on commission that looks a lot better than some of the options out there. And, you know, if I'm putting myself in a seller's seat, I'm thinking, okay, I want to get good value. I don't want to cut corners and I don't want to uh, maybe be the rock bottom, uh, you know, uh, pay the rock bottom price if I'm not sure if the results are there. But if I can save a significant amount of money, 20, 30, 35% on my commission bill, that's all after tax money in my pocket while still having one of the top selling agents in all the greater Vancouver in this past decade, you know, that might be a smart place to start my, you know, the process. And so again, that's where I just came up with the idea smart point. I think I offer, um, you know, a really good starting point in terms of where to go when you're looking to sell. And uh, my clients are generally pretty happy and they generally save money compared to uh, what a lot of the other agents will quote them on commission rates. So I guess to answer your question, I hope I did. That's that's the smart point. Yeah, that's the smart point, And that's johnnysmartpoint.com. Uh, John, thank you so much. Uh, it, it, it's a crazy seller's market. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks and we'll see how it's going from there. And if anybody really wants to uh, uh, maybe 
look into selling a home or want to buy a home, just get a hold of John at johnnysmartpoint.com. You can pick up the phone 604-612-0080, or you can send him an email, john at johnnysmartpoint.com. So, uh, John, have a great weekend, and uh, I guess we'll, we'll see how this market holds up. We'll have another update very soon. Looking forward to it. Right on. John Carlson. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And we, when we come back, we're going to ask Andrew. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. Time to ask Andrew. That's when we ask our executive producer, Andrew Ferreira, uh, what's going on? And, and generally, whenever Andrew and I have a minute or two off the air to talk, it always goes to food. We always talk about food. I don't know it's why. It's true. Uh, but, Andrew, you're kind of a food guy. I, I don't want to say foodie. I know. I am strictly not a foodie. But you're a food. You, we always talk about food, and you have definite opinions about food. Uh, but you have a story about uh, a way to buy food, which on the surface doesn't sound all that appetizing, but uh, it's actually not that bad. We're talking vending machine food. That's right. And uh, if, you, if, you, if you wind your mind back to some point in the past year, I couldn't tell you when because time has acted much like an <laughs> illusion over the last yeah, year. It's crazy. Um, but I talked about um, a business called Up Meals. Uh, and what Up Meals initially promised was a vending machine that would dispense healthy full meals um and that thing is real now it's a thing and uh it'll you know these have been uh going if you will since september um several machines have been installed in downtown buildings um and here's uh, some of what you can get uh in the machines uh caribbean jerk chicken with corn salsa in a vending machine? In a vending machine. Oh uh, dairy-free. Dairy-free. Butter chicken for the, the, the poor people I know who are lactose intolerant. My heart goes out to my friends, a lot of whom are lactose intolerant. Uh, so you can get yourself a dairy-free butter chicken. Wow. Uh, the items are refrigerated. They're not frozen. Um, and they last for three to four days. And uh, the founder of the company, he's a caterer, Drew Monroe, uh, said that when, you know, if... The meals don't sell after a few days. Uh, they come around and donate the meals to the food bank. So the food doesn't get wasted. Oh, well, that's good. Right? So this is a, you know, it's helping everyone around you eat better. Uh, quite literally, those who are fortunate enough to have these in their lobbies and are able to purchase meals out of them. And also those who need a healthy meal and go to the food bank. Um so how these work is uh, clients will be charged a one-time $1,500 fee. Uh, that includes wrapping the vending machine with whatever you want it to be wrapped with. Uh, and then the client pays between three dollars or $500 a month, depending on the number of machines, uh, to be able to use the machine, use the software, which provides uh, analytics, which shows you know what's being sold at what times of day and when it's most popular. And then Monroe also sells the meals to the vending machine clients. Wow. Um, and to do this, uh, pre-pandemic, uh, he had leased uh, 2,000 square feet for a commissary. Uh, but since the launch of Up Meals, uh, he moved, he's actually moved up to a larger 4,200 square foot commissary. Um, so this is, you know, I'm not going to say rare, but it is um, 
relatively uncommon, a pandemic growth and success story. Yeah. So I'm guessing, you know, when you get butter chicken, it's not like on the top shelf and it gets pushed over the ledge <laughs> and then it falls down. It falls. No, 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 no. You, uh, what it actually looks like is a, is a, is a touch screen. Okay. Uh, it's a giant touch screen. And then I assume, I'm not sure how the insides work. That's probably up to him and only he knows. Uh, but the insides, I assume it's probably just kind of stacked up on top of each other and the bottom one slides out would be my guess. That's my guess. Just, you know, without making a mess of things, that's probably the easiest way for things to work. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not the uh, the lemming over the ledge kind of exactly. like the way you get your cheesies. Exactly. So uh, if you're ever in downtown in the next little while, you know, A, make sure you're safe. And B, keep your eye out for Nut Meals vending machine because, hey, Caribbean jerk chicken with corn salsa at a vending machine? Like, Ooh. sign me up. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Well, thank you, Andrew. That's Andrew Ferreira. He is the executive producer of Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And when we come back, uh, something very special. We're going to talk to the author of a book called Simple Wealth, Six Proven Principles for Financial Freedom. Uh, it's just going to be a real good talk about uh, how to get yourself on track. And if you have kids who are just starting out in life, this is a great book to get them. This book, Simple Wealth. We'll talk to David Ash when we come back on Vancouver Consumer right after this. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.